Welcome back to the Life Van Podcast. I am Chris. And I am Taylor. And this week we got to hang out with uh, Jessica from The Painted Buffalo. Well, I did. You um, were unavailable. (laughs) As always. Yeah, as usual. I mean... Emotionally and physically. Wow. Oh my God. I mean, yeah, a little bit. Mostly because I booked it like... I think I booked like three that day, right smack dab in the middle of your work day. And I was like, can you make it? She's like, no, I have a job. <laughs> yeah, that's more or less how it went. Yeah, it was a pretty good episode, though. You did listen to it. Yeah, I went on a nice hike and just crushed it. Yeah. And it was awesome. Yeah, it was a really like fun conversation, you know, talking to someone who used to be in the military, who is now living in a bus, who is giving back to veterans that are no longer serving um, and really looking out for, you know, her own, I guess, really, and and taking care of those who have kind of just been forgotten. Totally. Yeah. She had a pretty crazy story. Um, yeah. I thought it was super inspiring. It's super interesting to hear why people get into van life and all the different reasons that they get into it. And uh, hers was definitely unique. And yeah, I thought it was just an awesome episode. Yeah, I'm super excited for everybody to check it out. Um, and right now, it's like probably the most beautiful day that we've had here in Canada. And I have been giving you like side eyes about like, we should work on the van today. We should get some work done. What's the next step for our build right now? Walls. Walls. Yeah, walls will be interesting. Uh, lots of measuring, lots of measuring again. I've just been yelling at you. Let's just put up the walls. And you're just like, I can't just put them up. <laughs> There's so much science that's got to go into this. So much yeah. mathematics. Yeah, lots of measuring three, four, five, six times. What's going to be so hard about it? Uh, I think just shaping it around the window frames. Oh, we only got a couple of those though. And also the wheel wells. Oh, never mind. Um, but yeah, it should be fun. I think, uh, I mean, we've got a good day today. So I think today, today's the day we get the walls up. Fuck yeah. It's my favorite. That's so hot that you just said that. If there wasn't a table in between us right now, I would fly over there. Fly. <laughs> Without wings. So, <laughs> yeah. You're really giving our listeners some some good mental imagery. I hope you enjoy this episode with uh, the painted buffalo. Enjoy, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out. I'm honestly really excited. I was really looking forward to this episode, um, especially when you said you were even interested in being like on the podcast. I was like, oh my God, (laughs) is this really happening? (laughs) I get a fangirl and inspired over the content things that you're creating so I'm just as much of a fan as you seem to be of mine it's oh yeah it's it's definitely mutual especially with the art that you're doing too which I've been seeing on your profile which has just been so amazing what you did for the nautical nomads was unreal I that one has been a long in the making and that was the first one I've done resin I'm I'm slowly getting more orders and doing some more so I'm excited to share all of those tables with people as well. 
I was looking at your website and I saw that you had them all, like in your shop. Yeah. And I was like, we're going to talk about that <laughs> later because <laughs> I yeah. would like 50. Um, so I would, for those who maybe don't know you, which would seem unbelievable to me, but for those who don't know you, introduce yourself to the listeners and a little bit about you. So I'm Jess Rambo. I'm currently building my second school bus conversion. Um, I'm currently in Kentucky. And uh, over the last four and a half years, which seems insane for me to say that I've been in the bus life community and family. And um, in 2018, I bought my first school bus from a Facebook marketplace from a high school on a whim while I was in art school and doing a whole, you know, thing with that after the military. And um, my family and I just started building on weekends and in between classes and that kind of stuff. And after a year and a half of building, we moved in and started ethically uh, traveling around the country and meeting people and veterans and doing some crazy cool adventures. And um, in October, this past October, I sold my first bus and uh, bought a brand new one literally a couple days later and just started the process all over again. I'm not sure if it's genius or uh, craziness, but uh, here we are 130 days in and and about 30 days left of uh, building and kind of touching up a few things and hitting the road again. You've easily put me to shame in how long I've had my second van and how little I've done. <laughs> People always say that, that I'm moving so quickly, but I mean, you have to give yourself grace. I don't have a full-time job. I don't, you know, I work when I need a little extra cash, but like I'm retired and all of my hours are spent in bus life and in the community. So but I did the first bus that way, you know, paycheck to paycheck and project to project. And this this week I have $25. What can I do for $25? And, and you know, everything used on, on all of the, you know, restore stuff and all of that. So I know what that feels like. And I've done a lot of that in this build as well. But I, um, you know, over traveling and all of that kind of thing, I've, I've, seen like, oh man, I should have done this or I should have done that or man, I really wish I could do this. And so this bus was that um, kind of upgrade for, you know, you know, living the best I could for my kids and everything. The first year we lived in the bus, we didn't have electricity. I mean, like we were like bare bones because we so badly wanted to get into the community and get, and, you know, ultimately if you want it that bad, you'll make sacrifices where, it's due. And for us, it was like, if it gets dark, turn on a lantern kind of thing. So that's what we did, you know, like, um, there's compromises you have to make. And, and we've made some here in this build as well, same as the first one, but we've definitely upgraded in a few, a few spots that we we're like, okay, now we got the money. Let's, let's, let's invest in, you know, our future, which, you know, is important as well. Yeah. And the know-how, I think too, like when you first start, and we were kind of touching on this before we started recording. And I think when you start your first build and maybe you're not as involved in the community as much 
you know, you really just go off based on what you think you can kind of get away with, if that makes sense. Where can I maybe cut some corners? Where can I maybe save some money? Especially with like, I totally, totally feel it in my heart and soul, the going paycheck to paycheck. Like we were students, so we totally get that. A lot of people are in that boat. You know, I think it's amazing that all people from all different financial backgrounds are enjoying this lifestyle, but you can definitely see it within the builds, like where you've kind of had to compromise. But the ones that are like that and creative and, you know, using that grit that everybody naturally has, that's where the like, there are some really incredible buses out there. And you're like, how much did you spend? And they're like $10,000. And you're like, what? Like, that's incredible. Like, that's the reason people get into this community. Obviously, the hundred thousand dollar buses and vans and all that are really amazing but to me that defeated the purpose of getting into the community I got into the community to save on rent and take my family on adventures and spend more money on and on food and traveling and going and taking my kids on crazy adventures than I did you know like yes I needed lights and all that kind of stuff but I didn't need the thousand dollar toilet I didn't need the you know what you know like all of these things eventually I got them when I saved up for it but but you don't need all of that stuff to start out with and I think that's important for people to remember of course you know you and I know like the whole Instagram uh fame thing is like a big deal and like I just fell into that whole world I wasn't really certain I was just you know a Marine and a mom and like, I need to do something different. I, I need to survive here. What can I do to, you know, get out there and, and figure my shit out? You know what I mean? And, and that's what I you know, was on a mission. I wasn't on a mission to, you know, get to this level of notoriety or, you know, but that's, that's, you know, <clears throat> what it's about now is, Yes, like the numbers are kind of cool. And like when I'm driving across the country, people are like, oh, I follow you on Instagram. Like, that's really awesome. But it's more of the solo moms that I meet on the road that say I live in a bus with my children and we are having the most awesome summer because I saw you did it and you could do it. I can do it. And those are the reasons, you know, I'm continuing it and and getting out there and, you know, advocating for mental health recovery. And I was a drug addict and, and drank too much and, you know, have a lot of mental health issues still. And, you know, and just because you have all of those hurdles to cross over does not mean um, you can't, you know, live your dreams and get over them and, and figure that all out. I mean, the biggest, greatest medicine for me has been driving hundreds of hundreds and hundreds of thousands of miles, you know, in the bus. And, and I've driven my first bus 55,000 miles across the United States, up and down and all over the place. And that has been, I mean, there's no like pill I could take to, to create that same, you know, vibe and out in nature and hiking and doing, you know, all of the mother nature nurturing kind of stuff that a lot of us kind of fall into, you know, that hippie vibe that everybody tries to, but like, what attracts everybody yeah, into it. Yeah. It's every, everybody, you know, the same that, you know, natural medicine is, 
life-changing. I mean, just getting outside with fresh air is... Yeah, it's, 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 I can honestly say that getting outside and, and doing that easily saved and changed my life. And I think it even just expressing that to people and it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be where you're outside all day, but even just like getting out and immersing yourself and putting the phone away and just being present and seeing what's around you. I think that honestly has, and the biggest thing for me is putting the phone away because I grew grew up in a generation where we have never been without the internet. So we've never been without a screen in our face. And I think that is difficult when, you know, you don't know what it's like without and you're trying to make someone excited about, okay, put the phone away and you're going to have this really cool, like, you know, moment of just, I'm so present and I don't have something distracting me and I can just really be in my surroundings. And I think a lot of people, it kind of scares them, but as somebody who's from like the Gen Z, like, you know, uh, generation, I can honestly say that my life changed when I moved into van life for the community, for how present I became. I stopped worrying about the future because I just simply didn't have time. I had to be focused on what's happening right now, what's happening for even tomorrow. And like, you know, later tonight, where am I parking? And like, there's just so much, so many things I think we take for granted, you know, like where we're sleeping, like where are, we don't have to park our house, you know, every night, like our actual building, you know, that doesn't go anywhere. So there's so much more in it that I just think you have a new appreciation. And then when you go from bus life, van life back into a home, it's almost just a little surreal. It's like, oh, wow, you know, running water that I don't have to worry about refilling and a toilet I can flush and it's actually gone. It's like, I don't have to change it later. And there's so much. Um, and and I want to take I want to take you back a bit to before bus life. And, and I think, you know, when I've seen, you know, on your Instagram, you're very open about you're a veteran and on your website, the stuff that you're doing for veterans is amazing. And I would love to know what got you into that. Um, and then why you left. Yeah. So in 2006, I was a year a little bit over a year out of uh, high school. I had gone to like basic community college here because I didn't really know what I was doing. I knew I wanted to join the military, but of course, um, you know, like most families, they're like, you know, it's the height of the war. Like, what are you doing? But I'm from a huge military family. My parents were in the military. All of my mom's uncles were in the military. So that was just like, a thing that I was like, why do I need to go to college? I'm joining the military. That's just like the family business. You know what I mean? So I went to community college, but it just was not for me. So not on a whim, but you know, I planned it down and I, I went to the recruiter's office and, and didn't even hear their speech. I'm like, I'm joining the Marine Corps. Where do I sign kind of thing? And they were like, you sure you don't want to watch our motivated video? And sure you don't want to do this? And I'm like, nope, sign me up. When when do I get to leave? And so after three months of Marine Corps boot camp and, and um, doing my whole thing, I went to our MOS school. MOS is Military Occupation Specialty. And I was a combat cameraman. So photo, video, graphic design, artwork type stuff that I was already 
wanting to do and, and doing, you know, already. Um, so that's what I did in the Marine Corps for 10 years. I was a combat cameraman. So artist and graphics and, you know, all of the stuff that I see all these incredible influencers doing, you know, a lot of people ask like, why don't you have a YouTube channel? And why don't you do this? And what? And I'm like, because I did that for my whole life like that. Like, this is my retirement. I'm starting to slowly dip back into those things. You know, after I took, you know, I always say I took a five year hiatus, you know, the last five years, I've kind of just been you know, taking family photos, you know, and doing adventures, but now I'm starting to document a little bit more and all of that. But that's what I did in the Marine Corps. I, you know, traveled the world and told the Marine Corps story and hung out with some really incredible, inspiring heroes and, um, you know, told other stories than just Marines being warfighters, you know, we're humanitarians and for the first in in any scenario, no matter if it's combat or an earthquake, we're there, you know, providing assistance. And so I did that. And in 2010, I got in a really horrific car accident and I it didn't know it at the time, but I had broke um, my pelvis and had some s- severe issues. But unfortunately, in the military, the medical uh, care is not all that great, especially if you're a woman, you kind of get deemed a malingerer, which is like, you know, you're being lazy, or you just don't want to do the work. And I'm like, I've had two children, I am a badass, you know, I run and I'm, I'm the one that are leading the charge, you know, like, there's something wrong with my body, like, I can feel it. And eventually, after advocating for myself, come to find out I had some pretty horrific, um, catastrophic injuries to my career. And so after fighting and doing the whole thing, the Marine Corps decided that I just wasn't fit for duty anymore. And I was retired. After 10 years, my whole plan was to just go until they kicked me out, you know, 20 years or 30 years or just do the thing. But it definitely was a a blessing in disguise because I would have, you know, ultimately ended up like a lot of veterans do committing suicide or having mental breaks and that kind of thing. I was well on my way um, to getting there. So although I was, you know, stripped of my identity as a Marine and, you know, like all of those things, it definitely was a, a blessing in disguise. And so when I was medically separated in 2016, I applied for art school on a, you know, just a I kind of just do things like, oh, that sounds kind of fun. Let's go do that. It's a it's a common uh, thread in my story. Just like, I don't know, let's, let's see what this path will take us. And so I applied to art school and got in. And so for a couple of years, I was going to art school and originally to be an art teacher. And then I realized I really didn't like other people's children. <laughs> and so I switched my major <laughs> to... Um, from art education to sculpture and ceramics with the concentration in metal fabrication. Cause that's just like, how badass is that sound? And during that time I, I bought the bus and just started knocking away, you know, you know, project by project, paycheck to paycheck, trying to figure out what the heck I'm doing. And that's how I got clean. And that's how I, you know, really, stripped away all of the identities that other people gave me and really 
set in a path of figuring out who the hell am I? What kind of woman am I? What kind of mother do I want to be to my children? Not the one that were, you know, displayed to me, like my own mother or my grandparents or, you know, my friends as mothers. But like, what really did I want to um, teach my children? And ultimately, I, you know, decided to teach my children that I am not a superhero. I'm a human being and I have faults and I make mistakes. And just because of those things does not make you a bad person. It makes you a human being. And I've kind of just kept on that, you know, vibe of like, fuck, I messed up you guys. Like, I don't know what we're doing, but let's like, let's go this way kind of thing. And, and just tried to, um, you know, in, instill that in them, like, this is fun. This is adventurous. Let's ride it down and see what happens. And, and that's what we've been doing for the last few years. I, I love that though. And I think from someone who has experiences in life, especially life experiences, like it can be so rewarding for you to be able to just like, look at your kids and be like, okay, this is, you know, such and such thing that I've experienced. I don't want you to go through those same things. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, <laughs> that's, that's a part, that's a part of it is like, you know, I'm not only trying to figure out who I am and kind of parent my inner child, but I also have real life children that I don't want to mess up or, you know, or cause any harm or figure, you know, what whatever that every kid has trauma, you know what I mean? But like trying to limit it and give the tools in the toolbox, you know, at this age, you know, 10 and 11 and 14, you know, what they are right now and give them life skills that, you know, I didn't grow up having and trying to, you know, figure it out together. And I think too, like, you know, oh, it's just, I just, I want to say a couple things. I want to say thank you for your service. I want to say thank you for everything you're doing now within the community. Thank you for advocating for yourself. Thank you for being an absolute badass. <laughs> and just like, it's so incredible to see and here, I mean, this is actually the first time that you and I have had the pleasure of really chatting and connecting. And I'm so honored to one, be able to hear your story. And also congratulations on sobriety because that in itself is such a difficult journey. And to hear that you've gone through that and to see you and to see what you've built for yourself and to see what you've done for your kids and what you're able to give them and what you're doing for others is just such a, I feel like, again, we don't know each other, but it's just such a beautiful thing. And I feel like I know the type of person you are because the type of people that do that are really, really incredible, incredible souls. And I'm just so grateful for you as a person existing. So I just oh, really wanted you. to say that <laughs> really quick. Um, so you went to art school and then you at the same time were like, let's do a bus, which is crazy. I love that. I love that evolution. It's just like, okay. Life, I just needed a hobby. I mean, really, I bought a bus, like, because I'm like, what else? Like, there's got to be something else. And 
sounds really awesome. I needed, you know, a lot of veterans, they get out of the military and they're like, literally, what do I do with my hands? What do I do? I need to like, I need the puzzle. I need to use my brain. I need, you know, like there's a lot of like puzzle pieces and thinking outside of the box in the military. And when you get back to normal life, you know, like civilian life, it's kind of like, you show up at this time, you do this job, you do this, and every day is repetitive. And in the military, it's not like that. It's like every day is a different crazy whirlwind. And so I was in search of finding that again, and I found it. I mean, ultimately, I found it in the building the bus. Every single day was a different task, a different skill, a different amount of research and figuring it out and and I had gone a long time without like actually connecting with people and that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> so when I started reaching out in the community and being like, Hey, like, I know you don't know me, but I saw you had this thing in your bus and it's really awesome. Could you share where you got that from or how did you do that? And, and just really making those interpersonal connections that yes, like you have Instagram and these beautiful photos, but there is so much more to the, that's how you kind of like get into the community. But once you're in it, you're like your whole world kind of opens up to the, the backgrounds of people and the, you know, why they got into the community, how they got it started, you know, like all kinds of like really interesting, quirky, cool people, you know, like no matter if you're from the military or you're like, grew up in a commune we're all there <laughs> yeah and something I say every episode is like I feel like everyone's reason for getting into van life or bus life or the nomad the alternative lifestyle everyone's reasoning is different but I feel like everyone's reasons for staying become very similar because you just the community and everything that goes with it is just such a it, it's such a feeling of connectiveness like if that kind of makes sense like just being connected to so many people although you're constantly moving and you're it's so vast like the connections that you have and I think you made a really great point again I know nothing about the military in terms of I've obviously never served I've never had anyone in my family who has been in the military like that's just you know I know a lot of friends like I went through police foundations and I have a friend who's in who's part of the military police here in Canada um so I had a lot of friends that ended up going into it and um it was it's interesting to hear from them but I've heard a lot the difficulty of, like you said, transitioning from military life back to civilian life and just almost being kind of left to figure it out for yourself. Like there aren't a lot of resources in place. Like how to write a resume and to like pick out a business suit and stuff. But like for people that that's not, they're not getting into corporate life. What, what do those people do? And, you know, for me, I was like, I'm never going to write a resume for the rest of my life, if I can help it. <laughs> and so I need to set up myself and my children and my money in a way that I will never have to have a boss or a leader again. And how do I do that? And that that's what I'm, you know, I'm still working at it and still figuring it out. But that's, you know, what a lot of us, you know, it's kind of like, you know, do you go to university or do you go to trade school kind of thing? You know, like both are very important 
and not everybody can go to trade school and not everybody is set up for college and all that kind of stuff. So kind of finding your way, but both are extremely important. You need the businessmen and the blue collar and the corporate and all of that, but you also need the welders and the mechanics and the builders and the, you know, to, to make the world spin. So trying to figure out. Yeah. You need the creatives. You need the creative. Everybody has a place that kind of fits and it's just figuring out where you belong. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. I think a lot of people, even in our community, like I think a lot of people in the van life and, or in the nomad community, at least really share a feeling of uh, misplacement at some point in their life and not knowing where they belonged and really feeling like kindred souls and kindred spirits when they met other people within this community who felt very similarly. And I'm a huge advocate as well for just do the damn thing, like do the thing that makes you happy. And life is really short. And if you don't go the traditional route, that's okay. And I think we put a lot of emphasis on we have to live life this way or else it won't feel it won't be fulfilling and it won't feel like you amounted to anything and you know you won't be contributing to society and i you know that's that's what some people have said to me like in the past where it's like oh you're doing this like that's kind of weird and I like did the school thing. I did it. I gave it a good and honest try. And it was really difficult for me. Like it was really hard. I just realized I'm I'm not saying that there isn't something out there in a program that would probably suit me a lot better. But at the period of time that I went to post-secondary, I was not interested as much as I thought I was in the stuff that I was doing. And the, you know, the setup of school has just never been super friendly, I think, to people who are super outwardly creative and think out of the box. And even with uh, mental health and with, you know, things like ADD and ADHD and, and, and beyond that and every other thing that people are struggling with. And so it's been kind of nice to see others in the community just like it's okay if you work a nine to five job and it's okay if you don't and if you work for yourself or you work for somebody else as long as you're kind of like your cup is full and you're happy and you're doing the things that kind of give you for me as long as you're a good human human being who gives a shit how you get your money like whether it's a nine to five job or you're baking pies while you're driving around the country because I've seen a bus do that or you know like be music musicians or you know like whatever that thing that you know most of us tend to turn our hobbies into work so that it's not work it's just living and and that's what a lot of um people have kind of come into this community i told this story at a uh for a live i did um the other day i was talking to another bus family and it's a veteran family and i you know he and i he's also a Marine. And we were kind of discussing like outside of living in a bus, all her, I would have never been like in their lives or cross paths with them. You know, like I'm not a religious person. I'm not musically inclined. I'm not this, this, and this, but like my best friends are those people in the community. Like my best friends in the bus community besides, you know, Adam and Chelsea is like Shane and Emily Arbor season. And like those people are not people I would have ever come across, you know, in my life. And so the fact that we both made this ultimate leap into bus life, that's our one common denominator. And that is 
really powerful, you know, that you were able to be like, man, this is really scary, but guess what we're going to do? We're going to like go for it. And that is, that's inspiring. And it's, you know, kind of the common denominator that we all, you know, find here. I think too, with a lifestyle change, like a lifestyle um, similarity is a lot more bonding as opposed to like, oh, we have maybe a couple hobbies that we have in common, because then there's maybe like a couple things you can talk about, but then the conversation kind of dries out, right? Because it's just like, well, we can only yeah, talk like so much. about the weather. I can only talk about yeah, the Yeah, it's so small much. talk. Like, oh my God. Like, that's it. <laughs> it drives me. And so when you are in a lifestyle similarity, a lifestyle change, and you are, there's so much more involved in that. And I think too, depending depending on whatever your reasoning was for getting into it, there's almost this like, uh, like uh, empathy and understanding for whatever your story is. Like, you're welcome here. Everyone's part of this. And it doesn't matter how you got here. And I mean, I also would like to, to say, I'm very privileged that I, although struggling financially at the time, I was able to choose van life. And it was yeah. the best choice for me financially. Yeah. yeah. So yes, I was in a really tough spot with money and I wouldn't have probably been in a good spot for long. I chose van life. And I know that that's not the same story for everybody. And absolutely, I like highlighting all of that because I also like that's part of the community as well. There's so many different types of people from all different types of walks of life but you see it sitting around the campfire like all of these beautiful rigs and we're all on different economic status different racial status different religious status different you know like all of these things but in the community I mean everywhere there's rotten eggs but in the community there tends to be like like, come on, man. Hey, come on over. You know, like there's been plenty of times I've been parked at, you know, a Walmart parking lot and there just so happens to be a another bus or whatever. And it's like, hey, you're in the bus. Like, come on. You want to come over for dinner? Or like you send them like a slide into the DM like, hey, just so you know, yeah. like not trying to be creepy, but we're parked at the same Cracker Barrel. <laughs> like you want to be friends? <laughs> Yeah, like I love us being able to reach out to each other. And there's just this, again, this understanding of, I don't know you, but I know you're probably going to be really cool. And there's it because I don't think I would approach strangers the same way that I approach nomads. Like, no, if you told anybody random on the street, like, hey, I'm at this parking lot, this Walmart in this town like come on over they'll be like what are you doing you're gonna get murdered that's so like, weird no, yeah this is yeah. how we meet our friends <laughs> <laughs> yeah it sounds not safe but i swear we're doing it and everyone is just as terrified like i used to say that to taylor because i was our social media like person so i would always say oh we're gonna go meet our, our friends today and he's like who and I'm like, oh, so-and-so. Uh, and, -so. and he's just like, have you ever met them before? And I'm like, no. And he's like, has anyone ever met them before? And I'm like, I don't know. And he's just like, are they real? And I'm like, that is such a great question. I love it. We're going to find out together. <laughs> he's just like, I don't like that. <laughs> That's how I feel when people are like, you know, randomly in places. It happens. Like, they'll be like, oh, I follow you on Instagram. And I'm first thing I say, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, 
this is me outside of a one by one square. Like I'm really awkward and I don't know what to say. So hello. <laughs> You know, like, I agree. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Just in case you didn't know, I'm like a real human being. Yeah, I exist. Ago. I'm real. And <laughs> I'm sorry if I don't live up to your expectations. I think that's my biggest fear is like, I have had it. I'm in Canada. So I feel like I'm also very rural. So I and I don't have any identifying things outside of the van to let you know that the van is Chris wanders like I when the van's built out we do plan to have like a cute little sticker on the back um and that will be kind of like our identifying like whatever but I think like yeah vans are, seem to be I mean I'm kind of being not judgy but judgy here is like they seem a little less social than bus people for whatever reason that all the white vans look exactly the same and there's no identifying and that's fine but if you want to be like social and in the thing and like the quirky weirdness, it's like the bus people is like where it's at. <laughs> and we all paint them very different. So even if they didn't have an Instagram, I could probably look. No, you could paint one out. You could bus yeah. before I could tell you. I I could tell you what their dog's name is, but I couldn't tell you what their name is, you know, kind of thing. Like <laughs> For us specifically, I think we had, with being in Canada and being in Ontario and where we were going to be for most of the time, we knew stealth camping was very much going to have to be something that we were doing. And we were really worried about a bus because we were like, it's pretty obvious looking at it that we, we're living in it. And with our sprinter, there was a lot of times that we were able to kind of get away as almost a work van. And I think that's why, because they all look so similar. It's like, you can kind of almost, we had even thought about um, like having pylons. I mean, you can park in a, like a car dealership and nobody would even know. That no, like, no. Well, maybe, maybe when the heater's going at night, I mean, when you hear the clicking of the heater and the van making noise, you might know, but no, I think, I think there is a, there's a, an attractiveness to both, right? Like I've, Taylor and I have been really talking back and forth about, um, this is so like, just not, not something we're going to do, but we talked about either doing two vans because there's, we have three cats now we adopted, we have three adopted cats and, um, and they're awesome, but we're worried about, you know, us being able to have a workspace and them being able to have their own space. And then we, I told them, I'm like, we should do a bus. And I've been wanting to do a bus since day one. I've told them, you know, I, I was actually this close to buying a bluebird, um, here in, uh, Canada and Ontario. I, it was really close. And I was like, you know what? I, at the time didn't even have my full license. And I was just like, I'll figure it out. Like I'll either get someone to come with me but I want to go and get this bus and I want to bring it back. And initially I actually was super unaware of van life, bus life. I felt like I didn't really know anything about it. And what all I wanted to do was have it parked. I want it stationary um, or at least I could travel with it, but I wanted it to be my photography studio. Um, so I wanted to do photo shoots in it. I want, I just thought it was such a cool concept to be able to have this school bus. And I know people who have done, like I've seen it online of people who have done the buses and people who have done like the, of the photo shoot like layouts and they're so dope. And I think it's really cool. And I, I still tell Taylor occasionally, I'm like, you know, we really should have done a bus. It would have just made more sense if we did a bus, but you no, know, I, I think we're going to try and make the van work, but I, I, I agree. There's something so magical I think personally about having a bus and there's just the space and for you it makes sense because there's so many of you <laughs> like, yeah, it's the sure. zoo it's the zoo you've got pets and kids and 
son, he wanted to do a Volkswagen bus, but he said no. <laughs> to do a, like a little, you know, VW bus, and he's like, yeah, no. No, <laughs> yeah, they they can only agree. They can only go, yeah go on with like so much. It's like, mom, okay, I'm letting you do the bus. And I okay? was trying to go smaller, and my kids were like, "No, you're insane." And so I actually this bus is ten feet longer than my first bus. <laughs> so when I because I was looking on your website, and it's also a, a a little bit newer. So you go from 1997 to a 2001. Yeah. And I, it wasn't really like the year that I was looking for. I couldn't, ultimately, I could care less about the engine and all that. Like, as long as it works and it's fine. But I did want to buy a bus that was the same engine as my last bus because I had learned everything you could possibly know about it. If it broke down, I could fix it. I did all the oil changes and all the filter. Like, I did all the maintenance on the bus, so I knew that one. So I bought another one with the same engine. But this one, I you know how we were talking about the upgrades this one like has cruise control this one has like air brakes this one has the underbase storage underneath where the last bus i built the underbase storage because i wanted some stuff underneath the bus it's almost less work for you now like you got it's like whoa 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 wait it's got all these bells and whistles i also i love the idea of the undercarriage like storage that's just so nice yeah and i mean like of I spent a lot more on this bus than I did on my first bus. But like, like anybody, I like, thank goodness the bus like turned out to be really amazing. But I literally went and bought the first bus I went to look at. <laughs> like it could have gone hor horrifically wrong. But thank goodness, like it was a solid bus. I bought it, you know, straight from a high school. So the maintenance was good and like, whatever, you know, kind of thing. But um, where this one, I, I knew from the first bus and meeting a ton of people and seeing that there was more than just a school bus, there's like different parts that make each type of bus. I kind of made, you know, like most of us were building and we're like, okay, the next bus, I'm going to do this, this, and this. So I took, I pulled that four-year-old list out and kind of just went searching for the bus that I should have bought <laughs> and and found it and you know bought it and and started building. So yeah. You learn so much. Yeah, you take a lot of information from your experience on the road. And to have been on the road for I I feel like our turnaround when I think about it it was like we did about 10 months in our van and then we sold it because we we built it prior to the pandemic, moved into it prior to the pandemic. We were in it for 2 months and the pandemic hit. So we had a lot of stuff in our build that was just not practical for living in it full-time 24-7 we wanted to be outside we wanted to be relying on public resources like that was our plan and so we knew I mean we did 10 months and we knew once we realized that the pandemic was going to be around for a while we decided you know what let's sell it as is to someone who would really get good use out of it for like camping trips because it's an amazing camping van like just for like a couple weeks it's it's incredible so we we gave we sold it and you were the pandemic and i left and drove around the country for two oh years see that that's like my dream i feel like here we were in such a severe lockdown that you you were actually being stopped at 
the province borders. So they weren't actually letting you leave the province. And that was really difficult for us because, you know, it's, it's actually amazing. A trip that I talk about a lot and that I actually plan to do a couple posts about in the next coming weeks, we are first and last trip before the pandemic, we went to Quebec. Um, and it was the most incredible, most amazing trip that we could have done in the van. And of course we were devastated that we couldn't do more. Um, you know, the plans that we have for this van is like, no, you know what? We do want something a bit more, uh, where we can be a bit uh, rely on ourselves and, and, and exactly. And, and not have to be too concerned about, okay, well, we've, you know, we've been outside of town for like a couple of days. We need a shower. We have to drive into town. And, you know, that was, that was a really big factor, I think for us. And I knew almost within a couple of weeks of living in the van that once the pandemic hit that I was like, this isn't going to work. And, and, and you try, you will it, right? You will it to make it work. And, and you don't want, the lifestyle is so incredible. You're like, I will literally make anything work. Right. You also, like, I, that's like a thing that I talk a lot about is like women have an insane gut and they don't trust it. Like people are like, how do you just like do things? And I'm like, cause I'm not an idiot and I believe in myself. And if I fuck it up, guess what? The only person I can blame is myself and then we'll figure it out. You know, like I, like the last bus I put in the wall lockers and another female bus person who didn't build their bus, you know, was like, how do you just like take a, a angle grinder to the side of your bus and like hope for the best? I'm like, well, because I wrote out a plan, I did the plan, like, you know, like I'm not just like willy-nilly just figuring this stuff out and I did all the research I figured out this is what I wanted to look like and then I execute you just trust yourself and if you can't trust yourself then you probably shouldn't be no taking an angle grinder to no, no unplug the angle grinder and go back inside and okay. do something but else I trust myself, so I'm gonna just figure it out you know and I put wall lockers under the bus and had storage and you know you do it but I think that's a big thing, especially like you, like you're a woman and you're out there and being creative and all of those things. You just have to like, I mean, like, yes, be humble. And, I'm, you know, people say these really kind things about me, but sometimes it's okay for you to stop and be like, fuck, yeah, I did that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, take the compliment. I'm a terrible take the compliment person. Same. I'm like, oh, no, you know. Self-doubt you know, city. Like, Self-doubt city. But it's. Not, it's not common for women to be like, yeah, I did it. You know, like men can do that all day long. But if, you know, I'm doing that, I'm the bitch or I'm this or I'm conceited or like whatever yeah you're deemed like it's like oh wow okay she's over the top or that's a lot like okay and I I agree I think we kind of and that's why I really appreciate how you know you talked about how you advocating for yourself and I think it's so inspirational to be like that in the community like fuck it like when I go onto your profile without knowing you I knew today that I was going to be talking to a badass and not that's just you have that image you have done that so well and you have articulated that so well on your account where it's it's just so clear, like you don't take shit and you also can take care of yourself and you're doing your own thing and you're following your gut and you're doing it with your kids. It's a shield. Like I'm an emotional teddy bear too. Like I talk about the emotional teddy bear and like, you know, like I'm sensitive and I cry and like whatever, but also like don't take Bad my kindness ass. for weakness. You Bad know what I mean? Ass. Like we can, we can play both, both 
fields, but, you know, I am kind and awesome and I'll be your best bud, but don't like cross this invisible line. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I'm, I'm super interested to know, like you got in a bus life, you're doing that. And then I know that you're doing nonprofit work and you're doing stuff with veterans. And I would love to know with the lifestyle that you're doing now, like what you're doing, basically just fill me in on what it is that you're doing. So like the whole reason I got into bus life was, um, you know, kind of figure out what I needed to not cure myself because there's never going to be a cure, but just to lighten the burden so that I could take care of the things that were weighing me down. You have to get rid of the excess to be able to focus on the core. And I think that is a big thing that happens in the nomad life is the outside world has such a heavy weight on you. And it's it's a, a blessing and a curse. As soon as you get out and you're like free, you're now cracked open and raw because you now have all of this emotion that you have been you know, like, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do that next week. I'll do that, you know, here, put it in a box and go away. But when you get into nomad life, you don't have all that, you know, world stuff. So now you are cracked open. So I was looking to crack myself open and find out what that was. And it was really scary to be like, oh, yeah, that these are some traits that I don't like about myself. And these are some traits that I want to kind of harp on more and vice versa. And because I was going to art school, and I was learning about, you know, the psychology of art, and, you know, like, I was using it as my, like, I was my own personal guinea pig, really, you know, I'm detoxing off of opiates, I'm getting sober, and my artwork, like, was a little cray cray, not gonna lie. But you know, it was a kind of like telling my story through art. And, you know, I'm imperfect human being like we keep talking about. And so when I was building the bus, although it's really awesome, and I am envious and jealous of it, I am not one of those like, pretty girl on a bus type people, and then get real famous and like, whatever, like, that's just not I'm too brash, I'm too bitchy, so I need something else. And so when I was building the bus and building for my family, I was also keeping in mind that I wanted a community. I wanted people to be able to still come over and have dinner at my house, wanted people to still hang out in the bus, still, you know, whatever. And so I was volunteering at a homeless shelter for veterans while I was going through art school. And I started doing art classes there and really talking to the gentlemen there and what they needed and how they needed it and and telling their own stories through artwork. And and so when I finished up the bus and started kind of figuring out this whole nonprofit thing, I used those gentlemen as like kind of my like my guinea pigs to figure out if what I was doing for myself would help other people than just myself. And so started teaching art classes. I started bringing the bus to the the shelter and, you know, having them come on and we were making things. And what, how do you want to tell your story if you don't want to paint? Because not everybody's a painter. Like I suck at painting. I don't want to paint, you know, like, do you want to learn how to use the potter's wheel? Do you want to, you know, write in a journal? Do you want to play the guitar? Like there's a, 
more than art is more than just being a painter or a whatever. Like there's so many other options. And so I built the first bus to one, I am ADD. Like I don't, every day I don't want to make, you know, this, I want to learn how to do that. And this day I want to do leather and this day I want to do pottery and this day I want to do watercolor and kind of thing. And so I just started filling the bus with art supplies that I wanted to learn how to use and then started inviting people over to make and create and tell their own stories and, and as a therapy, but it's mostly just a human connection and like, Hey, tell me your story. And if you don't want to tell me a story, what you working on? How do you do that? You know, those kinds of things and, and just kind of, you know, getting to know people in that way. And so I started a big thing in the military is ammunition. That's like a, <laughs> you know, when you see an ammo can, you know, the military. And so I started collecting and then eventually people just, when they saw me on the road would bring me ammo cans and I started filling them with art supplies and t-shirts and socks and water bottles and all the things veterans kind of, you know, like, you know, everybody likes a good t-shirt. Everybody wants a cool water bottle or some stickers or, you know, those kinds of things and started filling um, ammo cans with art supplies and just veteran owned company stuff and um, started handing them out on the road. And, and it's kind of grown and I've sent a lot now through the mail because I can't meet with everyone, but I want to give art supplies to everyone. Um, so that's, that's pretty much like the nonprofit stuff is just handing out art supplies and just saying, tell me a story, you know, just whatever's in the, because every box is filled with different things and different materials. And just in that box, how can you tell me your story and just tell me your story. You don't have to tell the whole world, just me as a veteran. You don't have to, you know, uh, you can't bullshit a bullshitter. You know what I mean? So just tell it like it is and let me hear your, man, that really sucked or this was really awesome or, you know, like whatever that story you want to tell, tell it to me and, and getting families back together. And, you know, like I said, you know, I travel full time with my kids. I actually like my children, so I want to hang out with them. And a big thing in the veteran nonprofit is like counseling and therapy for the veteran. But the problem with that is the military takes you away from your family. It separates you. You go overseas. You do this. You're doing that. Whatever. And you're disconnected from your family. Where for me, it's like, let's bring your, you know, you want to come hang out and do some art? Bring your wife. Bring your kid. Bring your neighbor. Bring your brother. Bring your best friend. Like, this is like, hey, man, you want a cup of coffee? Like, like let's just hang out and chill, you know, kind of thing. And, and just building off of that community that's a part of the military and the thing that I have found so special in the bus and nomad community is the community and so just bringing those two real crazy worlds together is just what I'm trying to do on a a very small no, scale. I think it's amazing. And I was I, I had read a little bit on your website. So when I read that I was just so shocked at all that you're doing and how easy you make it look and just everything you're doing within the community and bringing exactly like you said, I was just as you were explaining it. And before you just said it, it's like bringing two communities 
together. And there's a lot more in common, I think, than, you know, you kind of realize. And then sandwiching those two. I think people need to realize that on a generic scale, we have more in common than we have not in common. And why are we focusing on commonalities? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no I think it's sure. yeah I think it's amazing what you're doing and I I'm so excited to watch your journey with your second bus and see how it turns out 30 days 30 days left of it thank you so much again for hanging out with me and taking an hour out of your day to just chat with me I'm just here you know building up this uh this house here <laughs> <laughs> looks so oh, damn good thank you it's a it's definitely a labor of love and and been, you know, uh, a blessing for what I needed for sure in this time of my life. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see you in person.